And Durham hits one high and deep down the left field line. Good morning and welcome to episode 241 of Effectively Wild, the daily podcast from Baseball Prospectus. I'm Sam Miller with Ben Lindbergh. Um, how are you doing today, Ben? Very well. Still healthier than you. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, so it goes. Yeah. So it's gone for the last couple of weeks. Yeah, it's odd too because you you're the one who doesn't sleep. <laughs> yeah, but I also have no human contact so there's i can't that's a good point can't catch anything although i was yeah i mean you have a a daughter that's like a disease incubator from what i hear um but i was at at the bp events this weekend and shook a lot of hands and kissed a lot of babies Mm -hmm. so but i'm okay did any any did you let anybody sneeze on you uh no i don't think i was sneezed on Okay. Um, so what are you going to talk about today? Well, first I wanted to... No, 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 no. First, yes. first, we'll, do, first we'll do the topics, then you can do your, your Ray Durham, and then we'll, okay. we'll go back to the topics. All right. Uh, I am half-heartedly talking about the three ancient rehabbing players uh, who are about to, or, or might be about to, return to the majors. Uh, there's some suspense in that one, because the third one doesn't come to mind right away. Uh, well, the third one is not actually rehabbing, I guess. I was going to just lump Manny in with... Oh, that's interesting. I was going to talk about Manny. Hmm. Partly. Okay. Manny was part of mine, All right. too. Well, we'll see how <laughs> well, that goes. What, what, what... So don't, tell me about Ray Durham. Uh, yeah, so yesterday we, we stumbled across a really interesting stat while we were both racing to see which of us could look up Mariano Rivera's uh, batter matchup stats first. Um, and Ray Durham was 0 for 26 against Rivera with three strikeouts. He never reached base. He finished with a, a zero a triple slash line all the way across. And uh, your, your radar, your finely honed interesting stat factoid radar said that this was the longest such streak or the longest such uh, career head-to-head record. Um, and you were right, or at least uh, since 1950, you were right. Uh, before that, the the matchup stats are not complete, so there may have been a longer one before that. But since 1950, there has never been a a longer uh, head-to-head matchup than Ray Durham Mariano Rivera that did not result in some sort of on-base event, or or at least a, a hit, a walk, or a hit by pitch. Um, there were, I think there were about 20 instances of 20 or more plate appearances, but many of them were pitcher versus pitcher, uh, like Tom Seaver pitching to Don Sutton or Steve Carlton pitching to Jerry Kuzman. Um, so we can pretty much toss, toss those out. So, so Ray Durham, uh, that is, that's historical, historic lack of success, but there have been longer streaks of not reaching base. Um, there have been quite a few more streaks longer than that one. The longest was 33 plate appearances. Frank Tanana pitching to Thurman Munson was the hmm. longest. Uh, and there was actually Hunter Pence broke a 27 plate appearance streak of not reaching base against Clayton Kershaw earlier this year. Hmm. And there is an active streak, I believe, of 28 plate appearances 
between Adrian Beltre and Darren Oliver. Oh, wow. Yeah. Do we have a... I don't suppose you have the longest hitless streak. I do not. Although, I'm glad you don't, because as it is the policy of the Effectively Wild podcast to treat uh, no-hitters as mm-hmm. nonsense and only perfect games as significant, mm-hmm. uh, it would be pretty hypocritical if we started talking about a hitless such streak. Now, uh, I am, I love the idea of the hidden perfect game, when the hidden perfect game is... I, do you remember whose invention that was? was that uh, No. One of one of our guys, right? I think so, but I, I don't know. I can't swear to it. <laughs> anyway, the idea of a hidden perfect game is a pitcher who retires 27 batters in a row, but not you know not in in one game so it would be a a perfect game but it would be hidden by you know by the calendar and i i always actually like the idea of of hidden perfect games in in even non like kind of linear ways so like if (laughs) if durham had had one more at bat against rivera Mm. and he'd he'd been 0 for 27 Mm -hmm. then that would have been a hidden perfect game and uh I, I like looking for sort of the most obscure uh, expressions of a hidden perfect game, and uh, this this might have been it if, yeah. if I if I'd found if if it had been true. I don't know if I'm counting the because the, the 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 ones that are not like like the Beltre one that's ongoing is mm-hmm. is it's actually a hidden hidden perfect game. It, yes, right. I mean he he has gotten on base against Oliver. He has yeah. had hits or a hit yeah. against him. Um, there's some weird ones that, I mean, you wouldn't think that, I mean, you wouldn't think that, that anyone would have this really, but, but Beltre and Oliver is just a strange one. It's like he has, he has the platoon advantage and Oliver is not, not dominant, uh, or at least not so much for the entire life of that streak that you would expect that it's. I mean, well, especially because Oliver's, I mean, Oliver's really only been good as a reliever. And you would mm-hmm. think as a reliever, he probably hasn't faced Beltre that much as a reliever. Like a lot of these probably came when he was still a starter, you would think. Uh, yeah, I think so. Or I can check that. But but yeah, there's some very strange ones. Like uh, Willie Mays had a 29-plate appearance streak uh, of not reaching base against Joey J. Oh my gosh, that's such a good, that's a good fun fact. Yeah, that's a great one. Uh, Joey, that's a great fun Joey fact. Joey Jay was was a, a bonus baby with the Brewers, pitch for, for the Brewers and the Reds in the, the 50s and 60s, and uh, the Braves briefly and retired with a 99 career ERA plus. So basically just an average pitcher holding Willie Mays uh, plate appearance or off base completely for 29 plate appearances. That wow. shouldn't have happened. It's very strange. Um, anyway, I like these stats, so I I put out some feelers to to Ray Durham today because I'd like to I'd like to talk to him about this. Um, oh, seriously? Yeah. Wow. Because I'm sure he's he's just enjoying his retirement, hoping that someone will contact him to talk about being completely owned by Mariano Rivera. I'm sure he enjoys reminiscing about how he never had any success whatsoever. Uh, so we'll see. Beltre and Oliver were were teammates, of course, for a year too. Mm-hmm. Very recently, like toward the end of this, and I wonder if I wonder if either one of them was aware of it. I mean, I'm sure that they know that there's. I think you always hear that pitchers generally know which hitters they've had success against, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. But but I wonder if they really realize that it's been. Beltre got two hits, one hit in '98 against him, and one hit in '99. Yeah, and then um, 2001, looks, he had a, a double or. 
No, he didn't. No. Okay, so yeah, it's it's since he had 99, eleven. Right? Yeah, oh for eleven in two thousand three. Yeah, so since ninety nine, hmm. and uh, looks like probably about seventeen ish were when Oliver was a starter. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like two thousand three, uh, Oliver was not. A very good pitcher, but of course it's only eleven plate appearances. So if I, anyway, if I do get to talk to Durham, I'd like to ask him, like, at what point you start to feel like you have less chance of success? Because I, I guess, like a a true sabermetrician, if you asked him what Durham would hit against Rivera in in another twenty six plate appearances, if you could somehow replay those plate appearances, would probably just say that that your best expectation is that he would just you know, hit like Ray Durham just against a really good pitcher, probably. But I I would doubt that either Durham or Rivera believes that. Mm-hmm. So it would be interesting to, to I guess, ask what his what he thinks his true talent against Mariano Rivera is, especially because I guess it wasn't dominant in that he only struck out three times, so it must have just been lots of weak contact like everyone has against Rivera and lots of broken bats and bloopers and that sort of thing. Ben, I don't want to. I don't want to ask you to reveal any secrets. So if you if you prefer not to answer this question, that's fine. But I'm curious, how did you reach out to Ray Durham? Like, what is your? <laughs> um, well, I, I I don't. It hasn't been successful yet. But I just uh, I emailed <laughs> someone on the the Giants media relations staff who I've mm-hmm. I've uh, who's helped me before with contacting players. And uh, and someone else who I thought might know him personally, and so I just put those out there. So we'll see. Um, and those stats, by the way, come from uh, Rob McEwen, who looked them up for me on the BP database because that is a hard thing to to look up through conventional means. All right. Okay. Uh, why don't I start? Okay. Uh, so mine's kind of a joint thing. Uh, one is that I, I just wanted to, to mention Manny in some context, and I didn't realize that you were going to, uh, so it's not as important. But, uh, I mean, really, like, well, Manny is sort of the, the crux of the topic, but I also want to mention Raul uh, Banez, mm-hmm. uh, who I went on a little bit of a Raul Banez fun fact terror the other day, because Banez is a guy who you don't... and. It, it's not actually true, I guess, but in a way, you don't really realize that you've been watching a Hall of Fame level of play from him mm-hmm. for the last 10 years. It's just the back half of a Hall of Fame career when like the, usually most Hall of Famers aren't nearly as good. So it's not like you've actually ever seen him like put up a 10-win 10, 10 season or anything, but he has actually been as good since he turned 31 as the median Hall of Famer uh, by wins above replacement. So... Uh, he has been just as good after 31 as all these Hall of Famers or most of these Hall of Famers that you've grown up watching, uh, you know, into their golden years. Mm-hmm. Um, and he also is 15th all time in total bases from 31 on. And I noticed while I was, you know, looking at that list that it's a lot of guys who are recent, that that list is, uh, there's a, you know, there's, you got your Pete Rose and your Sam Rice, but you, you got a lot of guys who are recent, like, Steve Finley and and Omar Vizquel and Luis Gonzalez and it just it's it seems like it's it's mostly populated with recent guys and so when I was a kid growing up uh, and f- you know the the salaries were were I think the salaries were still sort of shocking people a bit more than they do now um, free agency wasn't new exactly but it, it 
it was you know it was new enough that there were still players playing who you know had had been playing before free agency and like uh, you know the guys are getting paid a couple million dollars a year and uh, you heard a lot at the time that these contracts were going to make it so that players uh, wouldn't play into their old age anymore. You'd, you'd quit seeing players playing past, you know, 36 or whatever because they don't, you know, they wouldn't need the money and they wouldn't work as hard mm-hmm. to stay in shape once they got all this money. And it's just so crazy how wrong that is. I mean, we mm-hmm. see guys, and Manny is the, the, Manny's the reason I, I thought about it for obvious reasons. Manny is a guy with, you know, no financial stake in what he's doing right now with, uh, you know, he's been, he's been disappeared for the last two years. He's left in disgrace and he had to go to Taiwan of all places to get another chance. And now he's playing in, you know, he's riding buses to perhaps get a shot as like a, you know, part-time DH for what I assume is going to be something like the major league minimum. And so it's just, Notable to me how badly we misjudged human nature mm-hmm. in this case. Um, and I also find it sort of fascinating that there have been so many players who have aged so well. Uh, because I, I understand that, that medicine is better and and um, uh, uh, conditioning is better. So you would expect players to age better. But the level of play required these days is so high compared to what it used to be. I mean, guys, certainly in like the 20s and the 30s, were barely athletes at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now they're like really elite athletes, and they're doing things that are like, you know, sort of unthinkable. The pitches that they throw and the speed at which the game is played. I mean, I, I saw I saw some old video yesterday. I forget the context of like, you know, guys from like the 1934 all-star game mm-hmm. swinging and it's just it's a joke i mean it's it really looks like slow pitch softball mm-hmm. uh swings and so you would think that by raising the standard of play as much as it would it would really eliminate the possibility that even a even a a player who who stays in shape could hope could possibly hope to be playing after 40 and uh so i would have if you know knowing this i might have hypothesized uh, that the game would actually get more condensed with players in their peak, that you would, you know, if you're requiring the level to be higher, that you're really only going to get the guys uh, alive who are in extremely good shape, especially because we haven't had expansion in 15 years. Mm-hmm. So the field of the, 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 um, the number of jobs haven't grown. And, you know, in that time, Japan has really sent a lot more major leaguers over and um you know the population of the world and the country has grown and just generally the level of play from you know you see these 20 and 21 22 23 year olds coming up who are like incredible right now and so you just it's uh, surprising to me that a guy like Raul Abanez uh would be able to 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 keep playing the way he has and to really do things that I mean he's better right now than virtually every hall of famer was at 42 he outlasted all of them uh, you know, if 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 he is, he's, he's going, he's he has a good shot at, at breaking the the record, right, for home runs hit by someone his age. I think. Maybe, I think maybe so. he does. I heard that at some point. Uh, so yeah, I wonder, and so that's all I wanted to say. And then one last thing is, I wonder if the, I wonder if there will ever come a day where there's some sort of senior tour. 
of baseball players. Mm. You know, like if there would ever be a market for like a seniors league mm-hmm. where these guys could all play against each other. Because uh, they're in really good shape. They're all, I mean, you know, I would bet that there's probably a hundred guys who are currently retired uh, who are, you know, better than almost anybody who was playing in the 60s. Yeah, sure. Um, I don't know. I, I guess there wouldn't be much money in it, probably. Yeah, we don't really need to talk about that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I didn't mean to. Sorry, I didn't mean to imply that you actually need to say something about that. <laughs> okay. All right. Fine. Um, well, yeah. I mean, uh, so I guess the the conclusion is that players like playing baseball. Some do, and then a lot of them hate it. That's the other thing is that you can find examples where you're you like think a lot of them hate it. I I was reading the the that Joe Posnanski Jeff King story the other yeah. day. You've read that? It's uh, about you know how Jeff King who is you know, a, a decent, decent player, corner infielder, third baseman for the the Pirates and Royals, uh, just hated baseball as far as Poznanski could tell. Uh, just really did not enjoy playing it, and retired at age 34 very suddenly in the middle of the season. Apparently, immediately after he qualified for for the pension plan, <laughs> <laughs> he just re- just retired like the next day. Um, <laughs> The, yeah, the... D- didn't he have back problems or something though? I mean, he he cratered. He he was. Uh, he, he yeah. He, I mean, if I you mean, look at his ninety three to ninety four, kind of a league average ish hitter when he? he retired. I mean, okay, never mind. Maybe not for the position, but um, yeah, I'm misremembering. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm complete. Yeah, I totally am misremembering. I'm looking now, and I, I'm just flat out wrong. Yeah. So he. Uh, yeah, he just very very suddenly retired because he. Had his time to guarantee his pension, and he he left because he didn't like yeah. playing baseball. That's not what I'm talking about. I think that they all love baseball, but they all um, it's a job, and I think that it all jobs are terrible after not that long. It doesn't take that long for everybody to hate their job, and I think a, a lot of these guys don't. Um, you know, they it stresses them out. It's a lot of stress for them. I wonder if it is once you're kind of an established star whose legacy is is secured. I mean, if you're Manny Ramirez at this point, you're, uh, you're either going to be a hall of famer or people are going to keep you out because they don't like you and they, you know, you took things, but, but playing wise, he doesn't really have anything left to prove. He, you know, if he fails, it's not really gonna, he's not going to lose any luster from, from his career. Kind of has nothing to lose now. I don't, Mm -hmm. I I wouldn't. And I, I guess, I mean, if you believe all the things that people say about Manny, maybe he never felt any pressure anyway, because he's just kind of oblivious to that. Mm-hmm. Um, Plus his heart. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't have much to say about these these guys either. I just wanted to to talk about which one we would take if we were drafting them. And, and I. A Rod. Yeah. Really. Well. Okay. So. So. Manny, I, I kind of didn't really expect to make the majors again. Um, I was talking to Jason Cole, who covers the Rangers closely this this past weekend at the BP events, and he thought that Manny was probably just signed as sort of uh, Nelson Cruz insurance, just in case the the biogenesis stuff happened and Cruz was suspended. The Rangers don't really have a major league ready outfielder in the upper minors, and it would just be kind of uh, a fallback plan. 
Um, so there's that. He he did Homer, I guess, tonight. Um, so so there's the biogenesis issue with Cruz, but then there's also the biogenesis issue with with A Rod. I, I I would think that performance wise, A Rod probably would have the best shot. Uh, at still being somewhat productive, he's he's the youngest of the three. Um, he was he was decent for a while last year. Um, he's he's well, he's coming off a serious injury also, but but I would probably take him just on a on a performance basis. But there's, I, I guess it's sounding like the the real possibility that he could be suspended for you know the rest of the season or something, even if he manages to come back so even so you would you would still take him oh well so yeah i I didn't i didn't factor in the the i guess i didn't realize my relationship to the player that i was choosing Mm -hmm. like i i have some sort of financial stake in it if he gets suspended Mm -hmm. this is not just like who i would pick to play one game uh yeah right you're well i mean you you're a you're a so now you're asking me to price in the likelihood of suspension yes Wow. Well, that makes it tougher. Now, I, gosh, I don't think that he's going to get suspended. Uh, I still think it's, I, I still think it's probably a long shot that he gets a suspension that's actually upheld. But, uh, I mean, that whole thing is just such a, such a weird mess. I mean, everything about him right now is such a mess. His, mm-hmm. his team hates him. He hates everybody and they all hate him. <laughs> uh, and you it's weird to like, I just don't know what's going to happen right now. Um, with him, like, uh, who knows? Right. <clears throat> I, I, I honestly don't have any idea. So maybe the, the uncertainty about all those relationships knocks him down. I mean, yeah, he was, <clears throat> he was close enough to Jeter last year, but I, I think I consider Jeter's age plus injury to be more troublesome. Mm-hmm. And I think I probably consider, and the fact uh, that A-Rod... Jeter is still <laughs> expected to play shortstop. <laughs> Which he uh-huh. couldn't but do like a decade you, ago. Yeah, but like you said, that in some show long ago, maybe that doesn't matter with Jeter because he's not going to be that much worse than the negative twenty-five <laughs> shortstop that he's been all along. Right. He might get into Jose Molina territory soon. The minus a hundred that we <laughs> hypothesized. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I I don't know. I I think probably secretly, if you ask me, who I wanted to pinch hit. Uh, <laughs> And it was only one at bat. I think secretly I might pick Manny. Um, like I, I kind of want to believe that he can hit still. Uh, and <clears throat> if you wanted me to pick a player to do uh, defense and everything for a season, I would take A Rod. And if you wanted me to pick one of them to put on my team, I would pick Jeter. For the the heart. For the heart and for the general reliability, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah, that sounds reasonable. I think I'd, I think I'd take Jeter for the for the one one at bat pinch hit appearance. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't disagree with you. Uh, okay, how about how about a another trio of injured or possibly injured players um, who are not ancient. Uh, who would you take if you had to choose between Matt Kemp, Matt Kane, and Ryan Howard? Uh, for for what time period? For what rest time of span? this season? 
um, well, Howard last. Uh, Kane first. Yes. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Um, yeah, there's the possibility that, that Kemp could miss the most time of the three. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I guess Howard has to be last and Kane has to be first just because we don't know for sure that there's something wrong with him yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so about a week ago on the week and a half ago on the Orioles broadcast of the game against the Yankees, the Orioles uh, radio guy, Joe Angel, mm-hmm. I swear I heard this and I still doubt myself because it seems impossible, but he said that the Yankees are right now uh, the worst team in the division and possibly the league, uh, hmm. the league that, in all, you know, the league that involves the Astros. Uh-huh. Um, and so since then, the Yankees have basically been on a roll. They, I think they won the next five games after that. And they're like seven and three in their 10 games since then. Mm-hmm. Um, if the Yankees somehow, so, somehow make it into the playoffs, uh, given, given their roster that they've had this year, given what they've overcome, given the kind of very non-Yankee players that we've seen and, you know, guys like Hafner and Overbay, uh, you know, there's some snark, I guess, about them mm-hmm. from time to time. But they're generally, I think, they're liked, right? I mean, they're just sort of lunch, lunch pail type mashers. You know, they're sure. like, mm-hmm. you know, no, nobody's got any issue with either of them. And nope. nobody, nobody's really got an issue with any current Yankee, any Yankee who's in the lineup right now. They're all basically <laughs> likable. So this is, uh, are the Yankees <laughs> lovable underdogs? Are the Yankees, if the Yankees go into the postseason this year with their stars back on the field, are people going to root against them as stridently as they generally root against the Yankees? Or will there be some sort of recognition that this is like a fun team of destiny sort of season? And backup question, same thing, but let's say the stars don't come back and it's Mm. just... It's just, it's still the scrubs that like A-Rod, A-Rod never comes back. Jeter comes back and immediately hurts himself. Uh, you know, maybe they get Granderson. Nobody hates Granderson. Nope. Uh, but, but basically they're the, they're the uh, patched together uh, team that is like, you know, a $30 million payroll, uh, you know, team. Yeah. And it's, uh, <laughs> it's Luis, Luis Cruz and Austin Romine and, and Travis Ishikawa and, uh, yeah, and, and then and then and some, yeah, yeah, and then and then Mo Rivera at, at the end of the game with this like great narrative. Uh, I would I would root for that. I think uh, I don't know. The Yankees have built up so much resentment and animosity over the years, and and just I guess envy that I can't imagine people really warming to them in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I, can't, I think it would probably just be taken as another example of everything working out for the Yankees. And yeah. if anything, would just engender even more envy uh, because there's really no way that this should be happening. There's really no way that, that they should be as successful as they've been to this point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, at the end of the day, the only thing that's really consistent about any of these teams is their fans. And I think that a lot of what people outside of New York hate about the Yankees is just that their fans get to have this sort of team that they don't that that you know a lot of other people don't respect year in year out winning games for them and so even if even if it was Chris Stewart that you were watching on the screen I think in the back of a lot of people's minds they'd still be imagining the 
Yankee fan that just gets to win World Series after World Series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, definitely. <laughs> all right. Done, Ben. We're done. Okay. All right, then we will come back for one more show tomorrow.